coming up on The Potter's Touch. If you got religion, you can sit still, but if you got faith, you gotta move. Because faith is a verb, it requires action, it requires movement, it requires that you do so. Take up your bed and walk. Give me your two fish and five loaves of bread. Go borrow some vessel. Faith requires that you take action. He's on his way out. He's walking away. And one woman who was in the midst of all of this idolatry and this chaos, she makes the decision to go after Jesus. Now you have to understand, you think the miracle is in the healing of the daughter, but the miracle starts in the fact that this woman had to cross so many lines to come to Jesus. She had to travel such a distance to come to Jesus. The distance was not just geographical distance, it was also theological distance. She comes from a polytheistic society that has not even heard of Jehovah. And here this woman comes across all of her theological upbringing. She being a Canaanite woman, having lived in a Phoenician city, she is alienated from the commonwealth of Israel. She is not raised in the traditions of the Hebrews. She is not taught in Judaism. She is not exposed to the Torah. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know how she heard about Jesus, but while he was knocking on the door in Tyre and Sidon, she must have got a whiff of his glory and a whiff of his grace. The Bible said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And she must have got a little taste of something. A taste of Jesus was stronger than a belly full of her idol gods. A taste of Jesus was stronger than all the traditions that wrapped around her. One taste of Jesus was strong enough to make her leave her sick, deranged daughter at home and travel for miles to a stranger. And she's a Gentile woman, and she's a polytheist woman and she is a woman of ill repute as it relates to understanding the sanctity of God and yet she traveled to where he was. Most of the time we see Jesus, he is coming to us. But some of the greatest miracles in the Bible occur when we come to him. Think about the woman at the well. Jesus was not headed in her direction, but she came where he was. And I want to say to you tonight that are watching online and you that are studying with me, come a little closer. That God is not promising that he's always going to knock on your door. That in order to get the kind of breakthrough that you need, you may have to move to get it. You may have to travel to get it. You may have to walk to get it. You may have to be alone to get it. You may have to walk away from trouble to get it. The woman looks a little irresponsible because her daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. And as far as we know, she left her home alone. But she knew if she got to Jesus, it would be worth it. And sometimes you have to 
look a little irresponsible to get what you have to get from God, but she traveled the distance just to get to Jesus. Oh, I don't know who I'm talking to, but I'm talking to somebody that sometimes you got to put some work in it. Sometimes you have to travel to get it. Sometimes you have to go out of your way to get it. Sometimes you have to cross the line to get it. Step over your tradition. Step over what you heard. Step over what you've been taught. Because faith will cross the line. Now don't ask God for faith if you're not going to move. Faith will make a man with a withered hand stretch forth his hand. Faith will make a woman with the issue of blood crawl across the floor. Faith will make a woman who has been with five men and now she's sleeping with somebody drop her water pots and say, come see a man. Faith is radical. It's an action word. It's not a noun. It's a verb. If you got faith, you got to move. If you got religion, you can sit still, but if you got faith, you got to move. Because faith is a verb. It requires action. It requires movement. It requires that you do so. Take up your bed and walk. Give me your two fish and five loaves of bread. Go borrow some vessel. Faith requires that you take action. I wish I was talking to somebody tonight that was radical enough to take action and make up in your mind, if I have to go out of my way, I'm going out of my way. If I have to be ridiculed, if I have to be gossiped about, if my neighbors are talking about me because I left my daughter at home, I know what I'm doing because I sense something in this Jesus that I can't let him get away until I've had a personal experience with him. He brushed by my neighborhood, but I'm not satisfied to get close to him and not have an encounter with him, and I'm going where he is, even though the law says that I shouldn't come near him. So not only did she step over her religion, she stepped over his, because according to the Torah, she, she should have had no dealings with Jesus being a Jew. The Samaritan woman teaches you that. Your people and my people have no dealings. Even, even the Torah said that she was exempt from being a part of the commonwealth of Israel. And when she comes to where Jesus is, he told her, I don't have no dealings with you. I don't have no dealings with you. Go on back. See, if you are easily discouraged, you will never get what you want from God. Because anybody else would have taken Jesus' word for it and left and said, well, he insulted me. I'm not going. He said, I am not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In other words, you are exempt from being eligible to receive what you ask me for. It's not that I'm exempt from being able. <laughs> I'm able, but you're not eligible. <laughs> That's what Jesus was saying. I am not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And then she calls him Lord. She called him Lord. But he hadn't been to her. But the fact that she called him Lord stands up in the face of all the traditions of her background. The fact that she called him Lord meant that she had a revelation that he was more than a good man, <laughs> that he was more than a prophet, that he was Adonai. She called him Lord. And when she said Lord, that is acknowledging who he is. When she said, help me, that is acknowledging who she is.
She has put him in his proper perspective. I know you got the power. <laughs> and I know I got the problem. <laughs> See, some people have trouble admitting that God has the power. And then there's another group of people that have trouble admitting that they have a problem. But this woman was not neither. She was not too arrogant to admit that she needed some help. You have to be humble enough to say, help me. And you have to be discerning enough to call him Lord. She knew who he was and she knew who she was in front of all of these spectators who didn't even want her around. For the Bible says that the disciples said, she crieth after us, send her away. She never said nothing to them. These minions that surrounded Jesus were just in the way. They were just in the way of what God was about to do. And most of the people that surround the man of God are just in the way. There's so much protocol and routine and ritual. They're just in the way. And little men always like to exercise big power so they can feel important. The reality is they didn't have nothing to do with it. The reality is she didn't walk that far to see them. The reality is even if she did come to see them, they probably couldn't help her. But she says she crieth after us. Because when you hang around power, it is elusive enough to make you think that it's yours when it's not. It's like, it's like standing beside somebody who can sing can make you think you can sing when you can't. See, she was never crying after them. She was crying after him. Lord, help me. That don't have nothing to do with your disciples, your trustee board, your board of elders, your deacon board. None of that. That has nothing to do with any of them. They were just minions surrounding Jesus, standing in the way of a miracle. Oh, let me stop a minute and pray. Lord, don't let me ever stand in the way of somebody's miracle. Don't let my arrogance stand in the way of your divine purpose. Don't let my need to be acknowledged stand in the way of somebody getting a breakthrough. Somebody's got a sick little girl that needs a breakthrough. And don't let my pride become so puffed up that I can easily send away what I couldn't heal anyway. Wow. <laughs> it's easy to send away what you can't work with no way. Send her away, they said. She crieth after us. But she crossed over top of all of that. Everything they threw at her, she crossed over top of that. I'm not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And she crossed over that. What are you willing to cross over to get what you want from the Lord? We live in a world today, or the world in the world, in a world today that people are so easily discouraged that if the miracle is not convenient, they don't come. If the parking is not convenient, they don't come. If somebody sits in their seat at church, they don't come. If they don't like the rules, they don't come. Some of, if they have to wear a mask, they don't come. If they have to stand in line, they don't come. These are the same people who stand in line for hours for a ticket to a football game but won't stand in line 15 minutes to get a healing. This woman had traveled all the way up the coast with her sick daughter at home to see a Jesus who told her no. At first, he answered her not a word. 
I don't know what's worse than rejection or the silence. Have you ever had to live with God's silence? When you're in a crisis and the only one who can fix it says nothing. I know you heard me. I used to say something to my children, they act like they were deaf. I'd tell them, I know you heard me. Finally, they say, yes, sir. They were trying to act like they didn't hear me. You know, you, you, have you ever gone through a time that it seemed like God didn't hear you? He, he, he does hear you. He said, my ear is not heavy that I cannot hear, and my arm is not short that I cannot say. Just because I didn't say anything doesn't mean that I didn't hear you. I was driving up to North Dallas the other day, and I don't live up in North Dallas. I get confused sometimes going up, and I was on the right road, but I wasn't sure, and I got mad at my GPS system because it was saying nothing at all. And I had to keep on driving in the silence. I wanted some reassurance. I wanted her to say, you're on the right road. You're, you're, you're getting close to your destination. I wanted her to tell me that I was on the right track, but she said nothing at all. She didn't speak again till it was time to make a turn. Sometimes God doesn't say anything until it's time to make a turn. And you have to keep on walking by faith in the silence of God. I don't know who I'm talking to tonight, but if God ain't saying nothing, keep on driving. If God ain't saying nothing, keep on walking. If God ain't saying nothing, keep on preaching. If God ain't saying nothing, keep on building. If God ain't saying nothing, keep on teaching. If God ain't saying nothing, keep on reaching. If God ain't saying nothing, keep on doing what you were doing before. Because when you get to the turn, he'll tell you, in three more miles, you'll make a right-hand turn. Don't mistake his silence for not caring. In essence, Jesus was trying to tell her, my hands are tied. He says, I tried not to answer you, but you crossed over the line. And then I explained to you that I am not come but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, but you crossed over the line. What kind of faith is this you got, woman, that you keep crossing over the line? 
You see, we serve a radical Jesus, and he respects a radical people. And this was a radical woman. She wasn't even a spiritual woman. She wasn't even a holy woman. She wasn't even a godly woman. But by God, she was a radical woman. I know she was radical because she kept stepping over the line. And you must understand that faith will always cross the line. It will cross the line. I know I am not a part of the lost sheep of Israel, but I'm going to cross that line. I, 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 know, I know you're not speaking to me, but I ain't going nowhere. I'm across that line. And finally, he broke it down real blunt. Have you ever had people you tried to tell them to go on? As my old folks would say, go on now. You tried to tell them go on, but they won't go away. Finally, he spoke to a real plane, and he said, it is not meat, it's not proper for me to give the children's bread to the dogs. My God. He called a desperate mama a dog. It is not meat to give the children's bread. Let me stop a minute and talk about the children's bread. The children's bread takes me all the way back to the wilderness when God sent manna down from heaven. The children's bread reminds me that God will feed me no matter where I'm at. The children's bread reminds me that I might be hungry right now, but God is baking up something that's got my name on it. The children's bread lets me know that just because I'm his child, there's bread for my problem. The children's bread reminds me that what God has for me is for me. And Jesus said, it's not that I don't have some bread, but it's reserved. Have you ever gone in a restaurant and you walked up to a table and there was a little sign said reserved on it? I want to tell somebody that's watching me right now that God has a blessing that's reserved for you. It's got your name on it. It's reserved for you. It's the children's bread. Healing is the children's bread. Deliverance is the children's bread. Power is the children's bread. Favor is the children's bread. Deliverance is the children. Hope is the children. Oh, do you hear what I'm saying? Are you a child of the king? Oh, I love those old songs. I'm a child of the king comes with rights and comes with privileges, comes with bread, comes with bread. Like barbecued ribs at a hole in the wall, it comes with bread. Like hot bologna and a cast iron skillet, it comes with bread. The salvation that we have comes with bread. And Jesus calls it the children's bread. He, did, he said, it is not meat to give the children's bread to the dogs. She didn't say she was hungry. She didn't say she wanted something to eat. But Jesus calls healing bread. Oh my God, do you hear what I'm saying? Jesus calls healing bread. Have some bread. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day. 
Give us this day. That's what I'm looking for. Give us this day. Our daily bread. Have some bread. Are you going through something and, and you call it, you need a healing and God calls it bread. <laughs> you need a financial breakthrough and God calls it bread. You need a word of direction and God calls it bread. Would you have some bread? Have you ever been sitting down at the table and the bread was on the table but it wasn't near you? And you had to say to somebody, pass the bread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When I see you getting blessed, it makes me want to say, pass the bread. Because I know if he's God enough to give you bread, he's God enough to give me bread. And I'm not going to hate on you because you got some bread because it's on my table too. I just need you to pass the bread. God calls healing the children's bread. That's why you got to be careful who you hang around because you can't be hanging around a table full of folk that have no bread. I don't care how rich they are. I don't care how influential they are. Just because they got money don't mean they got bread. You got to surround yourself with people that have what you need because what you need when you need it is bread. What you need when you need it is bread. Whatever it is you've been praying about is bread. And the Lord wanted you to know, I got the bread. The question is, are you eligible for the bread? And the law stood up in his face and said, no, this woman is not eligible for the bread. She is coming from the coast of Tyre and Sidon where you have left and turned your back. But she chased you. <laughs> is there anybody out there prepared to chase God? <laughs> is there anybody out there prepared to go where he is? To get out of your way and say, I won't let you go till you bless my soul. I don't care if it takes all night. I'm going to stand right here till you do something for me. I'm going to stand right here till you restore my joy. I'm going to stand right here till you restore my peace. I'm going to stand right here till you give me my house back. I'm going to stand right here till you give me my daughter back. I'm going to stand right here till I get my business back. I feel a spirit of restoration in this place tonight. I said, I feel a spirit of restoration tonight. Whatever trouble is going on in your house, get ready for it to be restored tonight. Whatever's been on your heart, get ready for God to restore it tonight. Whatever's been on your mind, get ready for God to restore it tonight. I smell bread in the room tonight. My God, somebody pass me some butter because I smell bread in the house tonight. Whatever the devil's been starving you from, starving you from love and starving you from peace and starving you from favor, whatever he's been starving you from, my God's got the bread tonight. My God's got the bread tonight. If you can step over your traditions, over your religion, over your region, over your territory, over his silence, and yes, over his objections. This woman said, yeah, Lord, I'm a dog. She understood that the dog term meant 
not something that walks on all fours, but without a covenant. I have no covenant with you. You don't have to do this for me. She said, but even the dogs can eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Look at this woman. She said, I got so much faith in you that I didn't come all of this way to get the bread. I'll settle for a crumb. Because I know whatever is in the crumb is in the bread. If there's milk in the bread, there's milk in the crumb. If there's flour in the bread, there's flour in the crumb. If there's butter in the bread, there's butter in the crumb. If there's healing in the bread, there's healing in the crumb. If there's deliverance in the bread, there's deliverance in the crumb. If there's hope in the bread, there's hope in the crumb. Whatever is in the bread is in the crumb. Go ahead and give your children the bread. Just let me sit in your lap. The Bible called them lap dogs. Lap dogs would climb up in the laps of their master and just stay there with their mouth open. I wonder, is your mouth open tonight? Lap dogs would lay in the lap of their master with their mouth open, waiting for the crumbs that fell from the master's table. She said, I might be a heathen. I might be a Phoenician. I might be a Canaanite woman. I might have come from an idolatrous background, but I know how to open my mouth. Do you know how to open your mouth? Most people don't know how to open their mouth to receive what God has for them. They know how to shout about it. They know how to talk about it, but they don't know how to open up and receive. She said, I may not know anything else, but I know how to open my mouth. And the next crumb that falls, I got it. There are some things that God said to you that are frightening. It doesn't make sense. You don't feel ready, and yet God's going to do it. And he told me to tell you, it is a faith thing. Block out the noise and focus on faith. For your gift of any amount, you'll receive the Rise and Shine set, which includes 15 double-sided cards to provide you with 30 days of scripture and inspiration. You'll also receive a miracling to remind you to be bold every day. For your gift of $90 or more, celebrate the Easter season with this wooden cross decor piece that declares death has no power over me, in addition to the Rise and Shine cards and Miracling. For your gift of $150 or more, you'll also receive the Arise Shine Micro Fleece Blanket featuring Isaiah chapter 60 verse 1, along with everything else you see here. You can't stop me! It's a faith thing! Walking God's promises every day. Call or click today. Your future is in flux. Time is ticking away. Chronos. Always counting down. Always moving with moments and decisions that are out of our control. But then there's knowing the when. Kairos. The awareness of opportunity. The intuition of knowing when should you start? When should you take a risk? When will you step up? 
When will you become the leader? The advocate. Look at my book. When will you seize your moment to act? To change? To inspire? Because time waits for no one. And in this dance with time, remember, timing is everything. The International Leadership Summit. Register today at thisisils.org. Feel free to reach out to us on social media and share your story of how God is impacting your life. We look forward to seeing you next time on The Potter's Touch.